you find your place there, we're in Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Psalm 1. And uh, we're going to read an entire chapter tonight. All six verses, amen. <laughs> psalm chapter 1. Aren't you, did, aren't you glad I didn't say Psalm 119, amen? We read the whole chapter. We almost read the whole chapter on Sunday. Actually, we read about, I guess, one quarter of it. We read 48 verses on Sunday night. And uh, by the way, that, those, uh, that meter of Psalm 119, it just it goes quick, amen? Just... We read those 48 verses in just a few moments, and so we're going to read all six here. Let's stand, if you're physically able. Psalm chapter 1, as we start this series tonight, just simply entitled Selah, and uh, that word Selah, it's an interesting word uh, in the Psalms, and uh, no one has quite uh, figured out, I've read all kinds of things, this person says it's that, and this person says it's that. I think one of the best definitions I've heard of Selah is stop, pause, and think. Stop, pause, and think. And I hope that through these messages, you will stop, pause, and think about the scriptures that we study each week. Amen. And again, I think we only have about 12 or 15 weeks over the summer, so I'll not be able to preach a message out of every psalm. We'll have to bounce around a little bit, but I hope that they'll be a blessing. So I'm looking forward to this message tonight. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 6. I'll read the odd verses. You read the even verses with me through verse number 6. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away." Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Father, please bless your word to our hearts now, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. The title of our message tonight is The Blessed Man versus The Ungodly Man. How many of you here today want to have a good, full, happy life? Say amen. Amen, Amen, of course. The word blessed, it says here, blessed is the man. The word blessed means happy. That's what it means, amen. And we want to be happy. I've never heard anyone yet say, you know, I want to live a miserable life. I, 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 want, I want my marriage to be a train wreck. Never heard anybody say that. I want to live my whole life in utter misery. No. And by the way, I, listen, I know that happiness depends on happenings. I understand that. And joy comes from the Lord. 
But here it simply says, blessed or happy is the man. Okay? We want to be blessed. Uh, the, in, in the New Testament, uh, we have the Beatitudes. Blessed is he. Ble- you know, in Matthew chapter 5, on the Sermon on the Mount, amen? Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And it goes through. Psalm 1 compares two men. It compares a blessed man and an ungodly man. And there's a few things we see, and with the Lord's help to look at, I I love it when passages outline themselves, hallelujah. Uh, We see, first of all, the conditions of the blessed man. The conditions, it says there, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of uh, sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You know, in some ways, God does bless all his creatures. Say, what do you mean, Pastor? Everybody take a deep breath. And exhale. The lost man just did the same thing you did. He's borrowing God's oxygen. That's God being a blessing. Hey, the lost farmer and the saved farmer both received the same sunshine and the same rain. That's God's blessings, amen. Matter of fact, Jesus himself would say, He maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. However, in other ways, he does not just bless any and all of his children, but he blesses those who hearken to and obey his word. Amen? And God has some requirements here that he lays out. I think the first requirement, or the first condition of the blessed man is to be separated from the world. To be separated from the world. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. How many of you have figured out over time that sin is a gradual process? Isn't it? It's tricky like that. It's a a slope. I've heard of a place, it's a rock, and it has a unique curvature to it. And at one point in the curvature, Brother Hugh, there's a fence that says, if you go beyond this point, you will go over the edge. You know, we always think that we can handle sin. Well, I can handle this. It's not that big a deal. I want you to notice here there's a progression of sin in this text. And it's interesting if you, I'll give you the cross references because we don't have the time to look each one up. But if you compare uh, this particular progression with the apostle Peter and when he denied the Lord, it's very interesting. The first thing that God tells us here is to, uh, he says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And the Bible says about Peter in Mark 14, 54, Peter followed him afar off. Well, then we see not only walking, but we see standing. 
Blessed is he, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners. John 18, 18 says, And the servants and officers stood there who made a fire of coals, for it was cold, and they warmed themselves, and Peter stood with them and warmed himself. So it says there we're not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. We're not to stand in the way of sinners. And then, of course, the next one is we're not to sit or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Luke twenty two fifty five says, And when they had kindled the fire in the midst of the hall, and were set down together, that Peter sat down among them, and he, who, and I believe he meant it with every fiber of his being, said he would never deny the Lord, did. How did that happen? The gradual process of sin. So the first condition of the blessed man is to be separated from the world. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we have to be on guard uh, against the world, the things of the world, the lusts of the world, the cares of the world that can absolutely overcome us and overwhelm us. And the Bible says in Mark 4:19, talking about that thorny soil, what happens? It says the, the, the cares of this world choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. How many of us have known somebody through the years that set out on fire for the Lord and the cares of the world just choked that faithfulness out? And choked. And so literally the first condition of a blessed man is to be separate from the world. We're in the world. Listen, we still have to work jobs. We still have to earn money. We still have to go to Myers, hallelujah, and get gas and all those things. But we're not to be enamored with this world. We're just passing through, folks. We're just passing through. See, the blessed man is separated from the world. Something else to see in verse 2. The blessed man is saturated with the word. I like this. It says, but his delight. See, it's not just no. And that's important. He says, look, you're not to walk in the, uh, the counsel of the ungodly, and you're not to stand in the way of sinners, and you're not to sit in the seat of scornful. But it can't just be no. He said, but here's what it is. The yes is his delight is in the law of the Lord. It, I remember hearing about that in, in music, uh, the fact that I loved, uh, my flesh loved rock music, Brother Jeff. I loved music. And so when I got saved, to, to just get rid of all that rock music, thank God I did at one point, but it had to be replaced. It had to be replaced with the right kind of music. Hey, if you just, no, 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 he says, no. His delight is in the law of the Lord. He loves the word of God. It says, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Bible commentators said this, whatever delights us directs us. That's true. Very true. What we delight in directs us. And I want to tell you this, ladies and gentlemen, fruitfulness and spiritual success come directly from God by delighting to read and heed the Word of God. Absolutely. Fruitfulness and spiritual success come directly from God by delighting to read and heed the Word. Just saturate yourself with the Bible every day. Just read it. Just study it. Just have devotions, amen. Just get the word of God into yourself, amen. You'll be blessed for it. You'll be blessed. So separated from the world, 
saturated with the word, and then thirdly, he's also situated by the waters. Look what it says there in verse 3. He shall be like a tree, what? Planted by the rivers of waters. You know, water is necessary for life. Your body is two-thirds water. I found it out when I went to the Philippines. I thought to myself, I wonder how Americans made this trip before bottled water. Because I'll tell you what, you bottle it or you boil it. Because it's full of stuff that we can't take that would bother us. And I, I remember thinking uh, that one time I went to Yuma, Arizona. And my, I, I had a pastor friend that was out there, and I, I'd call him in the summertime, Mama Holland. I said, hey, what's the temperature out there? He said, 118. I said, you're kidding. Saturday, visitation. I said, what do you do? He said, the same thing you do in the winter, dummy. You stay out as long as you can, and then you go in. That's all. Amen. What do you do when it's zero degrees? You go out, stay out for a little while. But he said this. He said, in, in climates like that, you have to drink twice as much water because it's so hot, you don't even know that it's being taken. You don't even sweat. It literally just takes it right out. I know we've had several folks in the military over in the Middle East, and you know that's true. Water is necessary for, for sustenance. Water is necessary for growth. A plant without water, it'll die. Water quenches thirst. Water cleanses. And all of this that the Word of God does for us here, it says, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. To be situated by the water. Water in the Bible has two pictures. It pictures the Word of God, the cleansing power of the Word of God, but it also pictures the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Bible says in John 7, 37, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. But this he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. I believe that in this, these conditions, to be separated from the world and to be saturated with the Word and to be situated by the waters is to be blessed through the conditions of being blessed. Secondly, how about some characteristics of the blessed man? Not only the conditions of the blessed man, but the characteristics. Verse 3 <clears throat> says there, He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. He's like a tree. When you think of a tree, I, I, I think of trees that where we grew up, we, we grew up uh, along the Westfield River in Westfield, Massachusetts, and it's a tributary of the Connecticut River and some of the most gigantic willow trees. Right down by the water, Brother Jeff. Right, I mean, it'd have to be an act of God to move those trees. They were, they were sturdy and they were dependable. And, and I happen to think willow trees are beautiful. I know a lot of people think they're ugly, amen. They, they have all kinds of uh, drops and all that. But I think about that. You know, trees need roots. They need water. And they need light. 
And the blessed man, we, we learned several things about him in this verse. He's planted. He's planted. He's by the rivers of waters. Amen. He, I appreciate men that I have known that had the blessing of God. They were planted. They were, they were sturdy. They were safe. They were dependable. Amen. Because they were by the waters. Hey, listen. Because they were by the waters. You see what? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start a series on the home on Sunday night. You know, this book, I'm talking about not just reading it, but heeding it. Men, makes us better husbands. Makes a, Listen, reading and heeding this book makes us more dependable. It makes us planted like a tree. There's something else that, uh, several other things here, and I've got to go fast here. It says there that not only is that characteristic of being planted, but there's a characteristic of being productive. He bringeth forth his what? Fruit. You know what you expect off an apple tree? Apples. Now some of you just said, wow, i got to write that down. Put that in the fly leaf of my... That was deep wisdom, Pastor. Yeah, you know what you expect off an orange tree? Oranges. You know what Jesus expected off a fig tree? Figs. Productive. And I'm not saying everybody's production is the same. I, I'm, I don't buy that at all. There are some people that, uh, that, matter of fact, the Bible says some hundred, some sixty, some thirty-fold. But we ought to be productive. And we will be with the blessing of God. Amen. We'll be planted by the rivers of water. Productive. Bringeth forth his fruit. And I love this. Proper. In his season. In his season. Far as I know... Far as I know, there don't we don't get a lot of fruit in the winter up here. Let's ask Brother Raider if the apples uh, up there in the UP, Amen. Come January, he's like, yeah, yeah, we get apples. It's called at the store apple sauce, Amen. Or from California or Florida. No, it's proper in his season. You know, I don't expect my son to be doing incredible things for the Lord right now. He's eight years old. Oh, he can do something. He can give, and he does every week. But in his season. Always think about that. You know, the Lord Jesus started his ministry when he was 30 years old. And he, boy, did he bring forth fruit in his season. So he's not only uh, planted and, and productive and proper, but I love this. It's also perpetual. His, we, his leaf also shall not wither. It's perpetual. That is that he's got that life in him. And then praise God there, he's prosperous. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I like that, amen. So these characteristics of the blessed man, the conditions of the blessed man. And then we have the contrast of the blessed man. Verses 4, 5, and 6, look at them. The ungodly are not so. So we, we do a kind of a 180 here. We're talking about the blessed man, the blessed man, and then the scriptures turn and says the ungodly are not so. They're not blessed. They're, they, don't, they, don't, uh, they don't abide in these conditions, and therefore they don't have these characteristics. And so there's a contrast. The first thing we see is they're driven, verse 4. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind what? driveth away. A farmer will tell you. Wheat farmer. You look at wheat, you look at chaff, just to look at them, 
It's hard to tell them apart. That's why we have the parable of the wheat and the tares. They look the same until harvest time. See, and they start threshing them in harvest time, and the wheat actually has density and weight to it because there's some substance to it. But the chaff just, the wind just blows it away. It's driven. The, the opposite of the ungodly here, like the chaff that's driven away, is the blessed man that's like a tree. Listen, the wind doesn't blow a tree. It's planted. It's by the rivers of water. Now, I know there are some times where you get... Eurocladin, amen, and, and we've, we've seen recently some trees uprooted. But by and large, the wind will blow chaff away, but it won't blow a tree away. It's driven. Something else we learn, verse 5, says there, Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. It tells us here that that ungodly, that ungodly man is doomed. He's not going to be judged together with the righteous. And those of us that know and rightly divide our Bibles, we know that after the rapture of the church, we will appear at the judgment seat of Christ. Jesus Christ has already been judged for our sins. Amen? Thank God. Amen? For if we had to be judged for even one sin, we'd have to die and go to hell. The wages of sin is death. But a thousand Seven years after the rapture, there's going to come another judgment. It's called the great white throne judgment, where the ungodly will be judged. And it's not for, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for salvation or loss. It's all loss at the great white throne. The ungodly are not so. You know, the sinner has nothing to stand on. Isn't that sad to think about? One of the most awful facets of hell is that it's bottomless called a bottomless pit if you've ever fallen over how many how many uh, how many of us fools have ever sat back in a chair and tipped it amen my son did it the other day and i had it was everything i could do not to laugh because he's sitting there I'm, I'm watching it unfold miss shelley just watching it and thinking i should probably say something right now but i kind of wanted him to go down and learn it on his own but you were, you know what that's like you you tip him back in the chair and then you you catch yourself amen or you slip on some ice. I've done that before. You're walking on that ice, and all of a sudden you go, and you know, you try to reach. Well, that's one of the most awful aspects of hell is no balance, no equilibrium. On Christ the solid rock I stand. Amen. All other ground is sinking sand. So we see the ungodly, the contrast of the blessed man. He's driven, he's doomed, and... According to verse 6, the end there, it says, The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall what? He's damned, isn't he? He's damned. He chooses not Christ. I don't know, I think this is a saved crowd tonight, but if you've never chosen Jesus Christ yourself, I want to tell you this. I, I like the way old B.R. Lakin explained election. Say election, that's a deep doctrine, and it is. Old B.R. Lakin, he had a way of simplifying things. He said, let me boil election down for you. God votes for you, the devil votes against you, and it's up to you to break the tie. I like that. If you're here and you've never trusted Christ, listen, listen. He loves you. He died on the cross to save you. He will save you if you ask him to. 
Amen. And when you do that, you will be part of the blessed. You'll be part of that, that congregation, that heavenly congregation Hebrews 12 talks about. Amen. That church of the firstborn. Glory to God. The blessed man versus the ungodly man. Father, thank you for your goodness to us and your blessings. We pray, Lord, that you'd be with us now. Lord, I pray that you would help us to look at ourselves, Lord, in regards to the condition. Are, are we separated from the world? Lord, help us to take a long look in our lives and, Lord, see if there are things that are more important than you are in our lives. I pray that you would help us to be saturated with the Word. Oh, God, help us to, Lord, be in the Word every day, somehow, some way, in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening, just spending time in your Word. And, Lord, help us to be situated by those waters, to be guided by the Holy Spirit and let Him have His way in our lives. Lord, we pray that You would please bless us now as we close our service. And Lord, if there be one here tonight without Christ, I pray that You'd help them to be able to come. If there are those that need to surrender to the Lord for believer's baptism, I pray that they'd come, uh, Lord. And each one of us, Lord, we thank You for all that You give in Jesus' name. 269.